0: Good morning. Today I'll be reading out of uh, Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34. It's on page 956 if anybody was interested to follow along. that's not where we'll be uh, uh, hearing the, the word broken from so therefore I tell you do not be anxious about your life but you will what you will eat or what you will drink what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just uh, thank you for just your words of encouragement. It's so suiting for today with the um, things going on around us that uh, we have a Heavenly Father who cares about us and has all these things in control. And Father, I just pray as we continue to uh, learn through the, uh, um, the book of Proverbs your wisdom and how we can apply that in our life. We just thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Thank you. Good morning. Alphas can be dismissed. Uh, well, we had a, an eventful week. Uh, and I personally understand the area which we live a little bit better now. Um, in speaking with many of you and seeing uh, a lot of your faces Monday and Tuesday, um, I make no claims to understand what being around here during Irene was like, and you know I wasn't here, but I see how this storm that we just had impacted many of you, Um, and the pain and the hardship that probably a lot of memories that brought back, uh, or even new uh, memories you'd like to have not experienced. Um, Yesterday we had uh, a few of us, we helped clean up at East Randolph, Uh, they had their basement completely full of water, it got into Marty's office and uh, into the Brown House garage as well. Uh, I texted a friend who's a pastor in Montpelier on Monday or Tuesday I think and he responded me with just the words, it's really bad. Uh, a friend of mine's a pastor down in Ludlow, uh, and his response when we tatted over the phone was, "Our church is fine, the center of town is fine, but everything else is a disaster." Uh, yesterday, when we were cleaning out, Dave and I pulled out this. Maddie, you can put the sign we found. I found this. We found this sign in the storage. Container at East Randolph, and it was a joy to go and clean up with a couple brothers and sisters uh, from Cornerstone over there, and just reminded of the partnership that we have with them and the sacrifice that they have made for us. And so, I'm going to read that passage for us in just a second of Ephesians 2:20. You can turn it off, Matty, but it was just a good reminder. You know, they were very grateful for us to come and help, and. I reminded them, well, I'm sure there'll be an opportunity for you to help us at another time, but it's our pleasure to come alongside them. Uh, I've told the SBC who has two teams that have come up to Vermont, one staged in Rutland and another in Montpelier, that you can use our building. Uh, We have showers, we have space, it's empty during the week. Uh, We're in a central location between both of those places uh, for the sake of the kingdom. Uh, And so church, I I want us to uh, consider this opportunity before us, Uh, and I know some of you have had to deal with some challenges and your friends and your family have as well, Uh, but be ready to help, be ready to serve, be ready to bear witness to who Jesus is and what he has done for us, but also bearing witness uh, to the world around us that we have a great and good and loving Father uh, and that we get to be his hands uh, and feet to them in the days ahead. And let's pray that the rain actually stops. Um, let me read that passage that was on that sign. I'll read a little bit before that. In Ephesians 2.20 2 was that. But this is what Paul says as he gathered a body of believers together in Ephesus. For him, through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, here's that, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place. For God by the Spirit. And so, Father, we ask that you would do that this morning, that you would build us together into a dwelling place for you by the Spirit, that we would build our house upon a rock, that cornerstone, your Son, as revealed Through the prophets and the apostles as we open up Proverbs 2 and 3 this morning, would you teach us and instruct us? God, we thank you for your abundant grace and mercy in our lives. Would you be honored in our time? We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, we will be in Proverbs 2 and 3 as we continue our summer series in the Proverbs. Uh, And this morning, the chapters 2 and 3 of Proverbs will affirm the reality of our Father of wisdom who gives good gifts to his children. We're gonna read the first section of Proverbs 2 right now. It says, my son, If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and treasure it, for it is as for hidden treasures and search for it at As for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over his way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the evil way. For men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of brightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil, and delight in the perseverance of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. We'll stop there. If you recall from last week, Proverbs 1 called us to a way of wisdom, ultimately pointing to our need for a Savior, as it showed the discrepancy in our lives of walking in foolishness, but also calling us to the way of wisdom. And today we'll continue in expounding upon God's great love for his children to help us to walk in the way of wisdom. Friends, he gives good gifts to his children. Gifts of wisdom to walk in the way, to follow his will, to live properly, to obey completely and to serve lovingly. We'll see, as this proverb begins, a father's lecture. And my kids don't like lectures. Many children, I think all children, don't like a lecture. But this, friends, Proverbs 2, comes a father appealing to his son to receive the words that come from love. We see that it's a treasure in verse one. It's worth seeking in verse two. It is intensely valuable in verse four. Our next chapter will expand upon this great blessing. Let me read chapter three, verse 13 to 18 as it adds more to this. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her, and those who hold her fast are called blessed." God wants us to remember, friends, this is a gift, the Proverbs, but also the scriptures. But we can be honest that we don't always desire them. Children are very bold to request things that they want. But this Father, God, knows, and He's appealing to His children, that this is what you should want. One year we opened one present on Christmas Eve, and of course the next year and the years after that, well, can we open another one? Can we open two? Why don't we just open them all on Christmas Eve? Why do we have to wait for dessert until after dinner? Or adults, why pay cash for something when I can just swipe a card? Why would I wait for marriage? Or enjoy the spouse that you have maybe laying next to you as opposed to an image or a video online. Friends, we love immediate gratification, whether you're young or old. Wisdom is a treasure that looks to the future. We celebrate Christmas, the day of Jesus' birth, and that day, the greatest gift that we could ever receive. A poor diet tends to lead to health problems, or credit hinders you when a storm comes and you need to buy something or repair something and you can't pay off that charge. The look always affects the relationship with the spouse. Our Father provides good gifts, friends. Wisdom is trusting. In him. He's perfectly wise, giving us what we need, not always what we think we want. And when we understand that God's providential hand of grace is upon us, we understand more the fear of the Lord in verse 5. Because all gifts are from God, as we see in verses 6 to 8. We don't always listen to professor's corrections. We don't always listen to a boss's instruction or a wife's request. But most importantly, friends, these words in the scripture, especially in the Proverbs, are God's commands of love. Temporal pleasures tend to be appealing on the surface, but they take away from future joy our loving God, he says that these are worth trusting. Friends, consider eternity, not just what's right before us. He says, I have good gifts for you. And so we have a good father who provides good gifts, and our text will show us three of them. There's a lot more, but there's three that'll be throughout the rest of chapter two and then into chapter three. Repentance, protection, protection, And faithfulness look at verses 9 through 15 again and what these Proverbs provide for us positively guarding justice understanding righteousness wisdom in our hearts pleasure for our soul and discretion these aren't tangible things to hold are they but they're good protecting us from natural consequences of sin But also God fills up what is positive. It protects us from this present evil age, from perverted speech, from darkness, from crookedness, from devious ways. At first glance, our good Heavenly Father provides us repentance, turning away from sin and turning to Him. Turning from sin or sorry, turning from sinful ways and turning towards a godly way of living, where biblical repentance is a change of mind, a feeling of remorse, a conversion to proper living. In verse 10, he shows us that God wants our hearts in all of this, for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant for your soul. For those of you who have children, it's... It takes effort to earn a child's heart, to get into their hearts of what's going on. It's really easy to say, stop it, knock it off, or raise your voice in yelling. It takes time to patiently wait, to stoop down to your children, to look into their eyes, seeking their heart, desiring true inward change, with all the stress this last week, I have failed on that many times. But that doesn't mean that it's okay. As a good father, our father of wisdom, he gives the gift of repentance for his children. Change for proper living. Away from foolishness. Towards godliness and wisdom. And chapter 2 finishes with another gift. Protection. That includes provision. Look at that. Verse 16. She will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her path to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So we will walk in the way of the good and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Second, God provides a gift of protection from death, from the consequences of sin, exemplified in this adulterous woman. Appealing on the surface, it leads to death. His protection also is in gonna preserve you from bad things and provide good things for you, life and righteousness to live, we see in verse 20. What this author is saying is: look towards the future. The temporal pleasures are not better than the eternal joy that we will experience. God is not a moral monster, He's not an unrealistic boss, He is not a nagging spouse, He's a loving father. He knows what's best for us. He wants to give us life. He protects us from the eternal harm that our sin will lead us to. And consider who's writing this. The human author of this, as we saw last week, was Solomon. He knew the forbidden woman. Remember, he had a thousand wives who turned his heart away from the Lord. Even considering his mother Bathsheba's was the woman who turned David's eyes away from what was right. God, through Solomon, says, listen to my words, my children. Turn from your sin and follow me. He says, choose life. Don't follow my example. Follow what the Bible's example is. God not only delivers us from evil, but he also leads us away from temptation. He says, trust me, son or daughter. And that's where we're all thinking, that's hard. It's hard to endure. It's hard to believe. I have my doubts. I have my sins. I have my failures. I stumble all the time. If I asked you to raise your hand, you don't need to. If you believe that Jesus is God, I think most of you would say yes. Is God sovereign? I'd probably get a lot of amens. Is Jesus our Savior? We'd probably get some hallelujahs. God is love, absolutely. God is faithful. Praise the Lord. And if I ask you the question, another set of questions, please don't raise your hands for this one. Have I doubted or lusted, lied, coveted, been angry, selfish, worried, impatient, or had a short temper this week? I think every single one of us in this room would say yes to at least one of those, if not most of them. Sometimes obedience it's just one step. Sometimes it feels like it's the Grand Canyon that you can barely even imagine getting across. And I think chapter 3 addresses this concern, that God has been given us, given us gifts of repentance. He's given us the gift of protection. And I think finally he gives us the gift of faithfulness. Look at verse 1 of chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, But let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Have you ever forgotten God's teaching? Verse one. Or doubted he loved you? Verse three. Or failed to trust him? Verse five. Or acknowledge him? Verse six, think you got this all and yet you failed. Verse seven, God knows, but he doesn't say, oh, well. He says, son, daughter, don't forget. He says, I love you. You can trust me. You can't do this on your own. But he says, I can When kids learn to walk, every parent these days is ready there with the phone, right? Was that a step? Nope, they fell over. But when they fall, we don't respond, right? That was a waste of time. Why did I waste the electricity in my battery of my phone? We help them up. We say, try again. Build up some muscles, because you got a long life of walking ahead of you. We think at times, though, that God doesn't do that to us. He hates me, I'm worthless. But Solomon reminds us that God is faithful. Don't forget, don't forsake, not don't forget my instruction, he knows we will forget. Don't forget God's faithfulness. Bind these around your neck. Write them on your heart. God's good gifts to his children is repentance, His protection, and faithfulness to help us to endure. Parents should tell their children, there is nothing that you can do to make me love you anymore. But also, there is nothing that you can do to make me love you any less grades, or behavior, whatever it is, friends, your children should know that you have, they have your love. Obey, but you always have my love, son or daughter. Kids, forget this. They believe lies, and friends, we do too but God loves like that. Tim Keller, he said this, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. We can believe this because God is trustworthy and gifts of repentance and provision and his faithfulness are for the sake of us to take hold of. And Solomon, he ends this chapter with four ways that we can trust God's faithfulness. First, it's in his words. It says, don't forget this teaching and instruction or commandments. In 1 Peter 1, Peter says, all flesh is like grass, quoting Isaiah, and all its glory like the flowers of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Wisdom is trusting in God's faithfulness, following God's word. Friends, we can trust his word. We can also trust his generosity. Look at nine and 10 in chapter three. On to the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Friends, he created everything. We own nothing. He owns it all. Psalm 50, verse 10 and 11 says, For every beast of the forest is mine. This is God speaking. And the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and all that moves in the field are mine. We own nothing. We steward everything. And we show we trust God by not trusting in our stuff. And there's reward for this, but it's not a best life now. It's a best life to come in heaven when we behold our God. Wisdom is trusting God's faithfulness, stewarding His resources by trusting in his word, and we also trust God's discipline. Look at 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. Professional athletes and workaholics, geniuses, they they are cut from a different cloth. They're wired differently. Discipline is godly correction though, a change of behavior from sins towards righteousness. And normal people, we need reminders of discipline, that it is actually good for us. Wisdom is trusting God's faithfulness and receiving His discipline. As much as we trust His word and His provision, we trust His discipline for us. And fourth, we trust His power, 19 and 20. The Lord, by his wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. On Monday afternoon, I was driving with one of our members, and we went and looked at the river uh, over where you could get a, a good view. And we sat there, and we looked, and the water just looked like it was flowing smoothly, just up and down. But we all knew, it was raging. When the thunder clashes, we don't look up into the sky and say, oh, that's so nice. See that tent out there, it was not a gentle breeze that turned it into some modern art. It's our Ebenezer today as a reminder of God's power and maybe we'll leave that up there all summer like we were planning to, but just not like it looks. God's power is it either leads to dread, Or it leads to repentance. Again, bringing us back to what we saw at the very beginning. Dread led many to clean out their offices and their homes to prepare for this potential flooding. Fear for the sinner is dread. Knowing God's response to sin. But it also leads to repentance. Many of us learned from last time of what took place in Irene. It says, I'm not gonna leave all that stuff where the water rose up. I'm gonna actually move it. I'm gonna take some effort to move my equipment out of where it's low lying. I don't wanna do that again. That's a change of heart, that's repentance. Where God's power is great, but there's no greater place to be than under his sovereign hand. Our Father provides good gifts to his children repentance and provision and I think most importantly faithfulness his faithfulness 21 to 27 is the reminder of this. He says, don't take your eyes off of him in 21. That he is life in 22. That he is security in 23. That he gives sweet rest in 24. He alleviates fear in 25. He is confidence in 26 and he is good in 27 because he is God and we aren't. We can trust our good father who gives good gifts to his children. And as I was studying this week, I was reading two long chapters and there was one word that I had read over and over but I just skipped and I didn't realize the importance of it and I was reading a, uh, a resource I think that Cal had given me and there was one word mentioned five times that I think really helps to solidify and build up what Solomon is doing here and it's that word Lord in all caps verse 5, 7, 9, 11 and 12 that word Yahweh as we have talked about here before the I am the self-existent one the covenant keeping loving god of the scripture our father in heaven friends this is not a bunch of to-do lists it's solomon's hearty charge for us it's one thing that we must do trust god believe he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is self-existing of himself and he keeps his promises because he cannot not keep his promises to you and to me. He has always been faithful and he will always be faithful so that we might love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Proverbs 8, to 31 says, His faithfulness stretches back before even the foundations of the world. It says, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His work, the first of His acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first before the beginning of the earth when there were no depths I was brought forth when there were no springs abounding with water before the mountains had been shaped before the hills I was brought forth before he had made the heaven with its fields or the first of the dust of the world when he established the heavens I was there when he drew a circle on the face of the deep when he made firm the skies above when he established the fountains of the deep when he assigned the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth then I was beside him like a master workman and I was daily his delight rejoicing before him always rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man friends God loves his children those who believe and he is faithful to help us to love him and love others look at the love of the neighbor as chapter 3 finishes in 28 to 35 Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow, I will not give it. I love, I got messages from some of you. If anybody needs anything, let me know. Not sure how I'll get there, but let me know. We'll figure out a way. When you have it, Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor the wise will inherit honor but fools will get disgraced the two greatest commandments in all of scripture are to love God and love others and failure to love God or others is what the Bible calls sin and our loving father is worthy of worship and there is abundant blessing in trusting him friends he is in control and two verses from Proverbs 16 help to remind us of God's sovereign hand over all things. In 16.9, the heart of the man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And 33, the lot is cast in the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. Although casting lots seems random, it's like a rolling of dice and uncontrolled, our trust is not blind. It doesn't mean we sit around and we wait and we do nothing. We're called to trust, but sometimes, trusting God is taking action in light of the grace that He has given us in our lives. Weather channels, although they're wrong all the time, that's one thing I've learned by living in Vermont for three years. Actually, yesterday marked three years since we drove into the state. Many of you prepared for the storm, though. You did something. God's in control. He's in control of the means of grace, too. He gives us warnings in the weather. He gives us fuel in our cars to move stuff. He gives you two arms to lift stuff and move it to the second story of your home or whatever. He gives us grace to do something about our circumstances. But most importantly, all we must do is trust and believe in Him for our greatest need, He gives us that gift of belief. He helps us to believe the gospel, the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He doesn't just say, stop it, or you'll die. He says, stop it. And I know you will fail. And I know you have failed. But since you can't do it on your own, like chapter 8 said to us, before the mountains were shaped, before the foundations of the world, he said, for those who believe, I'll put my son in your place to take the guilt and shame that you deserve so that you might have life. He's a good father. And Proverbs will continue to show us our inabilities towards a wise life, our constant need for a savior, and his good gifts of repentance and provision and faithfulness all hinged on the fact that he is faithful and he always will be faithful and when God says he will save us from our sins by believing in that gospel friends he will save us from our sins and it's God's kindness and his patience and his grace that leads us to repentance it's kindness to tell us that he's loving he's a good father It's a gift of patience that when we are fools, he doesn't give up on us. It's his gift of patience and his trustworthiness when we don't believe. And provision when we think we have it all together. It's his faithfulness when we think we got this. God is faithful. That's why he's a good father who can say, son or daughter, listen. Don't forget, these words are life. They're valuable. As Peter said to Jesus, where else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. It was Tuesday morning. Kristen was driving to work. And she was heading down the interstate and over the hill as the sun came out. A couple of you probably got photos of that as she was trying to encourage you. There was a rainbow it appeared over the hill. This is what God said to Noah in Genesis 9. God said, I will establish my covenant with you. But never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, "This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you, for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and I shall be as in it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the, the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh." and the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth." It's a good reminder of God's grace and faithfulness, even in what the world probably thinks is a silly, beautiful rainbow. But for us, as God's people, who see and understand God's word, it is a gracious reminder of his faithfulness. And so our wise father provides good gifts to his children repentance, provision, and protection, and most importantly, his faithfulness. It's wise to trust him. He didn't spare his son so that we might be sons and daughters of him, adopted into his family. And he is our salvation. He's got it covered and we can trust him with everything else because he takes care of our biggest and greatest needs. And so repentance and protection and faithfulness, they are gifts from a loving heavenly father. They don't come naturally to us. We like our sin, but God gives us grace to repent. We think we can protect ourselves. But we need a greater strength. More than we can muster. We think we can make it to the end. But great is his faithfulness. Not only to save us in the beginning, but to get us to the end when we behold our God and see him face to faith. He's a good father. It's good wisdom to remember. Would you pray with me? Father, it's been a long, heavy week for many of us. And we have failed. We have forgotten. We have lacked trust. We've sinned. God, thank you for being a patient God. God, we thank you for being kind but God, we acknowledge that your patience is a means of us seeing a need to repent. And God, we ask that you'd give us the grace to do that. And God, that your kindness is another means to repent. And God, we ask that you'd give us the grace to do that. Even this day, we will be faced with many temptations and trials. As we leave here, as we go about this week, to sin against you, God, would you lead us not into temptation but would you deliver us from evil God would you help keep our face focused on you tomorrow will worry about itself but you've got that covered too so we thank you and we praise you and God we seek right now to lift up our voice to worship you for you are a good loving father who gives good gifts to his children Even the gift of being able to gather in this place with a roof overhead protecting us from more rain. Brothers and sisters next to us to encourage us, to pray for us, to admonish us. And we thank you and we praise you. Would you be honored in the rest of our time together? And we pray this all in Jesus' name.